Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Home sympathy. Arnas, Sayadar, and Sayadin. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. All right, what's up, Death Watch Guide? This is Steven with another Phantology episode. I'm your host, and as always, when we review Wheel of Time, I have Jake, our resident Wheel of Time expert, and Caden, our resident Wheel of Time newbie. And we've been doing this now for this will be the 11th review. The team has really come together. Right, guys? So excited for another installment? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, we, we need your first time perspective, Caden. And obviously we need Jake's expertise because I think anyone who follows Phantology closely knows that, I don't know, sometimes I can be a little bit of a wheel of time poser. Like I like this series, but do I remember <laughs> everything about it? No, I don't. But, but I, am, I, think, I, I do love it. I think you mistake my passion for expertise. <laughs> Jake, how many times have you read the whole series? Um, it depends on the book. Like I would do that thing where once the new one, like once I found the new one, you know, I'd read it, but I think the most is I probably read the first three, like 15 or 20 times, you know? Um, but then the last, I think I've only read memory of light like three times, just three. So that's as an expert. And I think, I think I read it once and listened to it twice. I don't think I've actually read it more than. Yeah, man. You really don't know your wheel of time. Clearly <laughs> really, really slacking. Well, I'm excited to do knife of dreams because post slog there's, debate about how long the slog lasts which books it you know contains but definitively book 11 is no slog right you can actually measure how much slog there are in the books based on how often we release a podcast about wheel of time like the time between books (laughs) like episodes we do because yeah that's fair this one's coming way faster after book 10 where like (laughs) Books like six through eight, there was a larger time between them. So definitely not not a book in the slog. Really good. I, I mean, th- there is another variable in there, which is how many books Caden is reading at the same time. Dresden right. Files really kind of slowed us down for a bit there. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Knife of Dreams, Robert Jordan's last book before he passed. And Jake will fight you if you say that Sanderson rescued the series. As we've heard many times, we stand by Jake's view. Or I guess maybe this is a question for Caden as for some reader. Like you've you've heard Jake say this a few times. Like, do do you believe that the series was kickstarted again with Eleven? Robert Jordan went out with a bang. Boom. Okay. Eleven is back to the same level as like so I, I think I said like previously, I didn't really like book six as much. Like there was the big ending, right? And then you kind of went through the slog and they were good, but mm weren't as good like this is back like my level of like wanting to continue reading is back where it was in book five now I think it was exciting um I'm actually kind of sad like I feel like Robert Jordan like the hype for Carmen Guyton after this book was for me was so big now like it was such a big setup book I'm kind of sad Robert Jordan didn't get to finish it off himself because yeah I, I was well done 
He did. Is yeah. this true, Jake? Did he write the entirety of the last battle sequence or like a lot of it? No, I think he, I think the last chapter of A Memory of Light was already written, but not the battle. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. There, there are a couple rumors. scenes. There are a couple scenes I think that he had written, but I think it's either the last chapter or the epilogue or something of the last book was pretty much already written and it's like kind of an insert into it. It sounds like it was well outlined out though by him um, as yeah. far as like what eventually oh, happened. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you. I feel like af- like after the meandering and the plot developments and all the kind of build of those previous, like the most recent previous books, finally you're like, oh wait, yeah, the last battle is supposed to be right around the corner. You kind of hit that home. For a couple books, it was like, is it, <laughs> you know, is this yeah. really going to happen? Well- I, I'm so I'm I'm actually like I'm at least a third of the way through um, book twelve, which I can't remember the name of right now. The Gathering Storm. The Gathering Storm. Yeah, and like <laughs> I'm a little bit in that where I'm also like, hey, this is moving a little slow. Like, let's let's get to some action here. Like, I'm ready for the battle, and I know there's still two more books before <laughs> I get there. Well, I assume Brandon's letting you down a little bit, a little bit. No, Back to it, the slog. Really I, 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 <laughs> I, I, it is still really good. I am enjoying it, but. I would like it to pick up a little bit, but I think that's all, you know, epic fantasy. You have to have the build up in the book. You get to the, the climax, right? Like it, right. there's still a lot happening, but it's definitely following that, that pattern. You know that when Robert Jordan passed, like the plan handed to Sanderson or like the assumed plan at the time was for one more book called The Memory of yeah. Light. And they yep. decided, I, I, there's probably plenty of details on the internet about this. I don't know them offhand but they decided to make it three books like Brandon and Harriet together. I'm assuming made that decision. They, they didn't want to release a 3000 page book all, <laughs> all in one go. <laughs> Apparently not possible. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like that was kind of, I feel like Robert Jordan would have done the same. I, if I remember right, he was always the type of person. I think he first pitched the wheel of time as a, a trilogy or a four book set. And Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he when he said there's one book left I don't I don't think it really would have been one regardless of who finished it yeah that's that that's a good point Jake yeah. <laughs> the guy who wrote 11 super long fantasy books is probably not the one you want to <laughs> trust to say oh there's only one more yeah anyways knife of dreams though I loved it I thought it was great I uh I've been a hater on some books in the past I feel like a little bit but I I don't really have I I think my, the thing that started asking me the most was I loved like all like the um each scene where it's like Tarman Guidance coming and you get to see each person kind of realize like hey that yeah. was near. I honestly like low-key moment that I really liked was uh Land's moment with Nynaeve and he's gonna ride for the blight, right? And I was like, dang, this is cool. Tarman Guidance happening. I it was a hype moment for me, which probably isn't for a lot of people, but I was excited. Well, it's um, kind of like it kind of resembles what the reader's going through as well. You're like, oh, dang, like it's coming. And then they take land like way over here. It's like, <laughs> it's coming, but not yet. You got to go <laughs> a little bit further. Yep. I yep. think that's, I think that's like a fan favorite scene, actually. Um, okay. I think you're in good company. People love the naive dropping them off, you know, further yep. than he intended and then skipping ahead and getting people to swear to him. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I'm reading it. And I'm like, I swear, Lan, I'm with you. I'm going. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool part. 
and then I mean, in general, like all of the unraveling of the pattern and things are like things around the world are just getting really wonky for most points of view. I think this happens in every big point of view. There's like this real big bubble of evil or something real crazy happens. So that also just kind of picks up the pace. Honestly, I feel like after reading this book, you might be thinking, okay, the last battle is coming. Here it is. And then you realize, oh, there's three more. So maybe there's some confusion there. But also there's enough unresolved plot lines where you do kind of need thousands more pages to do it proper justice. My one critique is that I'm... I don't know how much critique it is, but I'm so happy Parent has rescued Fail finally. Like I'm, I'm glad that storyline is wrapped up, and it was not one of my favorites. That's probably not one of the high points in the book for me. I feel like the other storylines were more exciting. Yeah, the well, the rescue Fail plotline is one of the worst plotlines in the series, along with the Bull of Winds plotline. Yep, I I really enjoyed reading the Bull of Winds part. I think the overall. <laughs> still don't understand that the, the the point of it is a little yeah not as not as relevant but um there are some interesting outcomes to the rescue file plotline it just goes on for so long and yeah but by the time you get there like there's some interesting moral dilemmas and some really interesting growth maybe we should we can probably start there by talking like we're going to talk through the different character points of views so let's start with Perrin and the Shan Chan. So he meets up with the, well, he meets up with Shan Chan. That happens. That's teased right at the end of Crossroads of Twilight. And then he, he makes the bargain with them. And then from there, they come up with the four group plan. And then everything just kind of falls apart. Works out in the end with some degree of tragedy as well, right? I, I think there's been so much foreshadowing around Aram you know, trying to kill him, like, for the last, like, like, mm-hmm. basically, since Aaron picked up a sword and left the Tinkers, right, you just, like, every time he's in a scene, it's like, oh, shouldn't have given him a sword, you know, bad things are going to happen, and so, like, us, like, you're like, oh, finally, something, something happens, you see, kind of, like, where that foreshadowing is leading. Well, I was going to say, the other part of that is how willing Perrin was to, like, give up all the wise ones to the Sanchan, like, Egwene would not be happy, Right, like, and I, I was like going back to how much I hated Egwene being captured. Like, I feel bad as a reader. Like, come on, Perrin. Like, I know you needed to get Fael back, but like, not cool. Both Perrin and Fael make some pretty cold-blooded moves here at the end, and then with what's his name, Roland? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. He had a sad. He's he's the Aiel helper that Jake yep. was trying to come up with his name uh, before the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that was some that's one that I look back on which is oh man that that hurts because he's he's such a good guy and then he but at the same time like it's Perrin who's taking him down but then Fayol never well I mean, she she doesn't even tell him what happens right I don't think he was such a good guy he was like a okay guy but I mean seems like a good guy to me he was like a decent guy I wouldn't say he was like such a good guy <laughs> I mean he was like sexually abusing the guy shine basically so yeah wasn't he yeah 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 oh was he well i guess we have to yeah okay never mind roland is <laughs> roland's canceled for that with roland I, here's my part that i kind of like about roland i feel like war would be really key i've never fought in a war but imagine it was very chaotic and i imagine you know you can't always know who's on your side and so like i don't say i think it's a kind of a realistic moment for parent like if i was parent i would have done the same thing right it's like hard to just yeah. say like which IELTS on your team 
and if it had all worked out happy, like I, I feel like it adds a little bit of authenticity to like the chaos of war in, in the book, right? That's not just like super all works out nicely, right? Yes. That was one thing I liked about it. That along with Dumais Wells both, I think, show that idea really well. Yep. And I think you get some good uh, like characterization of Fail as well, like her inner monologue of deciding not to tell Perrin about like him because she didn't want a parent to feel bad over it and he would and then also like it was just kind of a it was an accident complicated situation and doesn't she do like a little memorial thing for him for herself or something afterwards i don't remember maybe it's coming in the next book maybe eventually it was right at the end right (laughs) (laughs) we'll cut that (laughs) no 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 The, the listeners need to know that you made a mistake jake there's no getting away from that (laughs) <laughs> you apparently need I to read this book another 15 times uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean Perrin doesn't get it Perrin doesn't get a ton of screen time he gets a few chapters obviously we finally get the resolution he's got more coming clearly but it does feel like at this point like okay finally we've moved on past this big long thing that was consuming him so it's like where's the next step for his character going to go and i guess the last battle's coming so that's you know there's there's that but I don't know. Any predictions, Caden, for future Perrin, what, what you would like to see with him? I would hope that his uh, relationship, and I can't remember the general's name, but with the Sanchan comes into play later. I feel like that's not over yet. And I'm hoping that you're hoping his relationship with the, I'm hoping his relationship with the Sanchan and Matt's with Tuan helped yeah. get the Sanchan to fight in the last battle. Right. Right. Like, we have this big fight going on with the Shan Chan, but at the same time, like the last battle is almost here. But the Shan Chan are a really formidable enemy against the residents of Ranland, who can't align themselves together even. So it's looking really bad. So like this is a grain of hope for getting everyone together. Yeah. Okay. There's some there's some foreshadowing with the interaction with the Shan Chan, and that's all I'll say on that. But yeah, there's some good interactions there. Okay, like the tease. <laughs> trying to trying to tease anything out of Caden if he had any theories, but no, he's not bad. Okay. Uh, I I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't have more. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. Um, one thing I thought was cool with the whole parent file plotline is the when they're under that building that collapsed after being betrayed, and file gets more gaze to to channel a little bit. I I feel like up to that point, I was under the impression that she just couldn't you know like that wasn't a possible so i thought that was a cool like stretching for as like as far as you can in that desperate situation i like well maybe this isn't in this book is there a resolution with galena in this book or is that she's captured her she's captured she's i honestly kinda, like, don't remember carried just kind of like carried away by the shido yeah i retreat that at the end yeah she basically is going to be guy shine under the oath rod out. And you're like, yes, thank you. People are finally getting what they deserve after books of tormenting you with yes. long winded plot lines and annoying villains. Yeah. 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 Yep. So that was, that was satisfying for sure. Okay. So getting a recap or like uh, a resolution to the parent fail plot line. How many episodes do you think the TV show should spend <laughs> on this? Two. One, what? I said two. Like two. One where she goes missing. One. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 That's that's where I'd put it. 
They should just put in like a really cheesy montage of Perrin like searching for her, just like total <laughs> trudging through the snow. Yeah. <laughs> and casual viewers would be like, what the heck is this? This doesn't fit with what the show's been doing. But but book readers would be like, oh, okay, they they understand this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we go on to Matt? Yeah, let's do it. So Matt starts off by, I mean, Matt's probably got, does he have the most screen time in this book? He's probably has the most things happen to him, I think. The cannons, the firework cannons that he starts to make, that's cool. It's nice to see technology advancing with his uh, dragons, right, is what he calls them. So we don't have real dragons, but we do have the Lord Dragon and dragon cannons. So, you know, we'll time as some dragons. Dragoons. <laughs> I thought that was so cool when I was first reading it, just like how you can piece together what he's he's planning. You're like, oh, these are cannons. But then, of course, they don't call them cannons, but you're like mm-hmm. you know, on the same page as them. That's pretty fun. Same thing happens in one of the first law books. I don't know if you've read yet, Jake, but I haven't read past uh, Best Served Cold. Next book, same similar thing type of type of thing happens. Yeah, it's fun to see technology advance especially when you've been studying the world for so long. I think Sanderson does this really well in like throughout Mistborn, especially and in Stormlight of bringing the technology along, but he does it really like pretty fast at at times. Uh, And so here we have like what seems like a reasonable technological advancement to be made around this time. And obviously we know, you know, back in the age of legends, they had all these, this cool stuff. So it's cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hinted in the age of legends that it's all like power based the one power base, even though it, it like isn't all based on the one power, but that is like mm-hmm. the the mindset. And so it's cool to see these like side developments that are outside of that, you know? Yeah, I was gonna have as a reader, like I wanna know more about the technology in the age of legends. Like I, yeah. so having anything that kind of touches on that more, I feel like the only time you get that is that Ruidian or however you say that, right? Those yeah flashbacks, really that is an acceptable pronunciation i believe you got to read the uh will of time companion book once you're done with the series to okay. glean as much of this lore and side information that you can get Sounds it's good. not we'll do. it doesn't fully satiate you but it it's something <laughs> i have it you can borrow it don't don't okay. worry awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i need a book uh 16 15 16 you haven't read new spring yet have you i I have not do i should i do i need to have i mean it's good backstory it's a fun prologue you don't need to i suppose but if you're if you're reading 14 books might as well read one more right and it's a shorter read it just do i need to read it before the it'll it'll, the show will probably have elements in it or elements of it in it but uh it's not going to be like a huge spoiler i don't think I would say after you complete Gathering Storm, go back and read it. Might as well. Yeah. I guess technically you should maybe read it after Crossroads of Twilight. Is that the publishing order? I'm not sure. I think I think the best time to read it is right after book five, just because of Moraine uh, dying, you know? And so, and this book is focused <laughs> on Moraine. Well, hang on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue huh but wait <laughs> back back during the book six or book five podcast i was like moraine's not dead and you guys have been lying to me for six <laughs> podcasts here well would you have liked us to say you're no, right, you're right. Was the next book it, it was good no thank you but i was so pumped like so pumped 
during that scene with Tom and Matt when you find out Lorraine's still alive and she could be rescued potentially. So, Kaden, as any experienced reader of fantasy knows, such as yourself, anytime a character dies off screen and there's no body, they're not dead. Like, they're not dead. give me one example of a time where a character dies off screen, no body. It's like not 100% they're dead and they're actually dead. Has that ever happened in any book? What, what about Asmodian? Asmodian? Well, kind of yeah. on screen, kind of not. Lanfear went through the, the doorway too and she died. Well, yeah, not really though. I mean, she died, but she died. <laughs> yeah, but not died, died. Just died. But that's basically dead for any other series, right? Okay, Asmodian. I'll give you Asmodian. That's okay. No, Lanfear, Lanfear counts. She did exactly the same thing as Moraine. <laughs> and if Moraine, if Moraine had died as Lanfear died, she would be dead, dead. At this point, Moraine's fate is still in the balance, Jake. She's alive. She's going to get rescued. Let's be honest here. I'm not spoiling anything. It's as far I mean, as we know, she's alive. I know, hopefully. But I'm, I'm excited. I was really excited, regardless of what happens. I was sad. I thought it was going to happen more in this book because I was like, so I don't I don't know how soon. But I want, I'm honestly just excited. Like the elfin and the elfin, or however you say those two, because they sound the same. Yeah. The I feel like the they've been such a mystery the whole book as well. It's like kind of like... yeah. Son Chan finally taking forever to get in, right? You've been like, hey, I want to see something. It's been hinted at like six books ago. Let's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that Tower of Genji yeah. was in book one. Yeah, do you remember? Right, because they you pass know? it and they see it yeah. on the boat, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't recognize it until later when, because Perrin goes to it in a dream, right? In, yeah. Like, in like the yeah, later before. books. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That does happen in the dream sequences. Yeah, when but you I didn't really find Slayer. At all. And... Yeah. yeah. So in this book, uh, Matt and Tom and... Nolan? Yeah. Is it Nolan? Is that his name? Yeah, we know, we know who it is. We know who we're talking about. We're looking this is why up. I always deny the, the Will of Time expert <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> it's a lot of characters. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, so the band of, of rescuers has formed, but no progress has yet been made to Caden's dismay. But, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens, I suppose. I will say, I, this is an exciting part. Look, you should, you are correct to look forward to this. How, like, how do you think Tom's been feeling? He's probably been hanging out with Matt specifically for Matt to ask about the letter, right? Because he's not allowed to show him the letter until he asks about it. So do you think he's just, like, keeping it in his coat and helping it, like, oh, no, it fell out of my pocket right around Matt, you know? <laughs> Well, it sounds like he would pull it out and read it in front of Matt, right? I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, yeah, he was. It makes it clear like he was the one like trying to get Matt to, yeah. to say something, right? So he, he was totally doing that right and just waiting like, come on, dude, let's. Yeah, let's get this going. That, here. Does that kind of show you how much Matt cares about other people sometimes? Like, feels like you should probably ask about a letter that someone's reading over and over again. Maybe he thought it was like a, time. an old love letter, you know. Did he know it was from Lorraine? I can't remember if he did or not. I don't know if he did, but if it if he did, it makes sense to me why he wouldn't because he like wants nothing to do with Aes Sedai, right? Like, yeah. So I bet if he had mm-hmm. known, that, that would explain okay. why he didn't. But I, I don't remember if he did or not, or if it was just some random letter. I don't remember how yeah. Tom gets the letter back in, or if she, oh, Maureen gives it to him directly, right? Yeah. Yeah. She gives it to him in book three, four, beginning of book four. Yeah. Yeah. Kaden, did you see, Wheel, so Wheel of Time Twitter has been dropping a bunch of previews for the show. 
Did you see the one? I believe it was yesterday or maybe the day before. It's like mid-October right now at the time of recording where they did a little bit. It's like a 30 second thing, some kind of behind the scenes stuff. And we did get our first like glimpse at Tom with his guitar. No, I haven't seen that one. I've seen most of them. So I haven't seen any of the behind the scenes though. Well, it was only like 30 seconds. It, by, by behind the scenes, I mean, it was kind of this like montage of uh, Rafe oh. and Roseman Pike talking about the series while they had a bunch of different shots. The shot of okay. Tom was like a second long, if that. Okay, I'll have to go back and rewatch it then because I think I did watch it, but I don't think I, I caught it. So I'll have to. He go. has like a, a scruffy beard. He doesn't really have a mustache. Yeah, no huge mustaches, but I'm okay with that. I think he looks really cool. He looks cool, but he... nowadays. He's going to need a mustache at some point. Keep the beard if you want, but I want some stashes going down. You, you're you going to be disappointed if Elaine and him don't have a pulling on your mustache moment. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, I think that reveal part is pretty cool, um, sure. but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you want nothing to do with Elaine? <laughs> no, that part is just kind of, it's kind of weird because she's flirting with him, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is weird, for sure. All right, so forward with Matt, the band of the Red Hand finally comes back together. And I really like this moment because, you know, Matt's been courting Tuan and she's kind of, you know, saying that he's not this worthless scoundrel a bit. And then the band shows up and they're like well-disciplined and like a decent looking group of soldiers. And now Tuan's like, wait a second, like the... Now, this is kind of like the inverse of Matt realizing like, oh, like, okay, you're the, you're the empress to be. And now yeah. Juan's like, wait, you're actually like a pretty capable guy, pretty formidable guy. So I thought that was some nice, uh, you know, back and forth there. And, you know, good on, good on Matt. He, he deserves to impress a woman appropriately. I like their whole, like a lot of the book is them going back and forth, right. And, and trying to court her and getting frustrated. And so then he, starts giving presents to her uh the maid that's not a maid can't remember like her is it her bodyguard is that... yeah is it uh Salusha? Salusha. yeah 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 so i like matt's wins that's another one where like when two on leaves i'm just like dang here's another yeah another open end with the sunshine right like you wanted them to stay together so that again they can fight the last battle together and bridges bridges have been built we're starting yep. Yeah. the other part of me is like why would at this point or two well not at this point but she's gonna she's heading back right to she's gonna find out about what's going on in her yeah. empire right and you gotta yeah, think like well, why am i conquering a new land when i don't even have my old land under control right like so yeah. i don't know if that, that i imagine that's got to come into play here in the next book or two yeah i think it, i agree i think it's really good characterization of matt and their relationship showing him you know have these impressive feats i still think i think tuan's character is so like intriguing how like she is impressed but she still is able she's so good with the politics of interacting with people that she's able to almost come out on top after being impressed by him and after being you know like proven wrong but by you know when she leaves repeating the the marriage phrase so then they're married like somehow she still is able to leave on top bamboozling matt which is kind of fun and similar to perrin now at the end of the book this plot line is kind of wrapped up and now we're Mm -hmm. you know a little i mean not a blank slate obviously but it is nice to kind of have a nice clean 
snipping of some of these long-winded plot lines going into the the last battle trilogy so to say the sand the sander trilogy whatever you want to call it is there some nickname that the fandom has given the last three books um brandology the the holy trilogy tandology (laughs) sounds like a good uh podcast that's focused all on Sanderson books. <laughs> oh, is there one? <laughs> no, I'm joking because oh, our okay. podcast is actually named Phantology, Kaden. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. He's like, where am I? <laughs> it's late, I'm going to say. I don't know. Who is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a good segue into uh, Rand's plot line. It's kind of a question, and I hope my wife is not overhearing right now because I don't want to spoil anything. So if she is, she should have been able to hear that and back out. She's in book three right now. So, so if she's Anyways, still listening at this point, it's on her. Yeah, it's on her. She is, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm not listening. Um, I think the, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the order of things, right? Do we get Rand's POV in the book first, or is he more? Is he after Matt's? It's a lot of back and forth. It's in the middle. It's in the middle because I remember. I remember. I think we end on Matt's. Like Rand's happens, and then you finish off Matt's with the rebels fighting the. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But does does Tuan leave Matt before Rand's main event happens? Mm. No, that's at the end. I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. Yeah, because I, I I can't remember, but I remember feeling like there was like just enough room. Because at the end of the of the last book, you're like, "What? How is he meeting with the Shan Chan?" You know, and then I thought I remembered reading this one. You're like, "Oh, maybe this is how," but then you realize, no, you were right to doubt it all along. Am I am I getting the order wrong? I think I think so. I think you go okay. to Matt or sorry Rand, and then you finish off with her leaving after like i think the end okay. of the book is kind of after like, he already after, loses his hand yeah. okay yeah also i feel and maybe this was just me but like in the beginning of, in the prologue you have semarag talking with the san chan right i can't remember uh surat surat yeah, yeah yeah so so it's pretty apparent but, from the beginning of this book yeah okay yeah. i couldn't yeah. remember where the obviousness of the ploy comes in because she but. basically says like i took care of the rest of the san chan royal family yeah yep. yeah right yeah yeah and then there's like a scene later on with the forsaken before where she's like i'm you know i'm hidden on the sunshine and i've got this covered with rant kind of a thing so like i think you clearly see it coming at least i felt yeah. like it was obvious cool well how did you feel about the rand's whole experiences in this part wait before we we do the thing with uh Samaraj, can we talk about him taking down 100,000 Trollocs like does that, that seem many? like yeah it, it's that many okay. that's pretty cool that just I seems like the number. so many <laughs> too many it was in, in my opinion where was this again this is like outside that manor when Luce Theron seizes control and does the, oh right doesn't yeah. they call them like the, the flower rings or something like that so, yeah the death yeah. gates that's is that where uh Loghain is there yeah, yeah. Loghain's and with him is like, dude, you need to you need to get some control of yourself. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> holy crap, man! <laughs> I I feel like actually Rand had a lot of important things happen in this book, right? Because that's that's only the yeah. beginning. There was a lot of other stuff, but I do. I'm very concerned about Rand now. At this point, he he's not making it out alive of this 
if, why do you say he, that? Because of the constant, because of this, the dire situation he's in, or because of something internal? Because of Luce Theron, him going crazy, um, the wounds in his side, just like those are not getting any better. Semarag talking about how, like, you know, like, hey, this is not the power. This is you just like, you know, part of being the dragon reborn, you're going crazy. And, and that there's no cure for it. You're, and there's no cure. Yeah. Although is she is she telling the truth there or is she just trying to mentally torture him? The other thing I'd say, so going back to the other thing is Min's viewings that he has to die, right? I think Min has seen pretty sure there was one where Min sees that he has to die. Um, and she's like hoping she's wrong. Am I am I crazy on that? Um, there's Man. so many things talking about him dying. Yeah. I can't remember. I, he's he's gonna die. There's yeah. Oh, she yeah. sees. I think she sees his like funeral pyre oh, she or sees, something. And she sees that is Olivia something with an O. One of the uh, it's, yeah yeah the the Shan Chan help him is going to help him die. That's what she sees. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then the prophecies say his blood on the rocks is shiled. Cool. Yeah. So is this a phantology guarantee, Caden? You you haven't been a part of other episodes, but <laughs> in other episodes we've been known to make outlandish guarantees, a la Charles Barkley on TNT doing guarantees of ridiculous things to happen in the NBA. So are you guaranteeing, Phantology guarantee, that Randolph Thor will die? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee it. Okay, yeah. on the record. Guaranteed. It's a yep. guarantee. You have the Caden yep. guarantee. Yep. It means absolutely nothing for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I will happily look back, though, if it's different in the end at this moment. Yeah, so you think... You, you think he's going to die just like because of the madness and well uh, and I don't know if that madness is going to kill him but I just like feel like there's all this foreshadowing that he has to die okay. at the end to like save the world right when I read this part I was definitely like his like his mental state is just so so poor like he yeah. he is not um he wants to die at this point like yeah essentially, yeah he's right? just that whole duty is heavier than a mountain is really getting to him there's there's prophecies around let's say like matt for example that you know he's gonna die and live again and he's gonna give up half the light of the world to save the world like these are the same types of savior and death prophecies but you don't seem to be as convinced that matt's gonna die well <laughs> did matt already die though yeah he already did die and, and live again well, that, the prophecy says but but i mean die, but i mean back prophecy then. but but, but I mean, like originally, that's another, right? That would be an example of a time where the prophecy was maybe not fulfilled the way that you think, like not as definitive. That's true. But if he dies and comes back or something happens, he still died. So my guarantee is still good. So <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing there won't be any funny business, but there will be some sort of All death. Right. So same argument around Jake and Lanfear? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll side with no, you. The, no, there's no funny <laughs> business there. She died. I think anytime you come back to life, there's some funny business happening. Oh, post-death funny business. <laughs> if you know anyone who has come back to life without funny business happening, I'm here to tell did you that's not, really that's not normal. Or, or did the she dark did. one just like pull her instantly like into someone else? Like, how do you know she really like ceased? Living? There's no, thus far in the books, there is no evidence of the dark one taking someone's soul from their body and placing it into another without death occurring. I got nothing else on that. Okay. Well, but anyways, that's off topic. Point Jake. Dark one philosophy. Speaking of uh, Forsaken and Rand, though, we have the, we, 
like the linkage to Morden somehow. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe I missed this. Explain. He's he what? noticed he started to realize that I don't know if I think it was when he was awake, even he could see through Morden's eyes almost or something like that, right? Was that was that after the attack from Semarog that something was with his eyes? Or is that something else? Is this from when in um when Samael dies and there's two people with yes. Balefire and the Balefire hits and that's that what when caused it those yes. link. That's the yeah, that's when it that's what caused the link. But yeah, now mm-hmm. he's somehow indescribably linked to him where they can kind of sense each other. It's very much Harry Potter Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. And Ghostbusters crossing beams. Okay. Ghostbusters no? as well. Yeah, right. They they're not yeah. supposed okay. to let the beams cross, something like that. <laughs> I've, I've seen it once. <laughs> I guess I'm too I'm too young to really fully appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm too old. <laughs> so did Borden intentionally link himself to Rand? I gotta I can't I gotta go reread that one scene to remember how it happened. Yeah, you should go. Uh, I don't know. It's all pretty vague right now. So yeah. so he loses his hand. Yeah, he loses, he loses, his, he loses hand. his hand. Yeah, <laughs> that's where we're going next. That's the next thing. I, that, so that's one storyline with how hard he is, right? And he needs to get over that, that you're like, can that just hurry up and happen? It's like another fight. Like, catswain has been in his life for how many books now, right? And like that just, that foreshadowing. She's not, she's not really doing her job well. Huh? Yeah, not, not yet. Well, she's got a difficult pupil, to be fair. It, it does um, make Rand less OP now that he can, I don't know, supposedly can't sword fight as well as he, you know, he, has to relearn how to use a sword. Yeah, he learned the death gates, but lost the sword fighting. <laughs> Was a little bit different leagues, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I can't say this enough. But on a first read, Rand can be pretty a pretty difficult POV to read through. There's just so many things can be frustrating, and not just with his choices, but just with how hard he gets. You know. But on a reread, every time, I just appreciate it so much more. I think it's so well done. This person, you know, he doesn't want to be this way, but he's thrust in this situation and he has to fulfill this role and the he doesn't know how to do it. And, you know, like, how can I fulfill this role when feeling all these feelings? So I just need to suppress this and, you know, not feel anything. Honestly, like, what just off what you just said, like, I feel like Grant has done a really good job for being a sheep herder right and so he yeah. has to do this right so it's he's done well with what he's given and obviously there's side effects to that he's not he can't be whole right it would be weird if he didn't have these issues yeah and I, I don't know if this is meant to be analogous there's a lot of things in wheel of time that are supposed to have like similar tracks to lord of the rings like uh pat on fane it's like a smeagol type character and um etc moraine is kind of like gandalf in the terms of being the, the wise wizard who comes in. But I feel like Rand getting darker and darker and starting from this innocent person is, is pretty similar to Frodo, you know, feeling the weight of the ring and just doing their best with this dark influence in their lives. It's interesting with Rand that the influence is, it's almost, it's like more internal, you know, it's almost his own fault. I don't know if his own fault, but it's his own, like he's his own worst enemy right now in the sense. I enjoy reading Rand's point of views better than Frodo's, like in Return of the King. That was really hard for me to get through. So yeah, <laughs> there's a point to Rand's POVs. 
I feel like to defend him. I think we were recently talking, I think it was Ben and Josh who were like, just didn't understand how Rand could be a favorite character of anybody's. But I, every time I read it, like each reread or like look at the series, I just feel more and more for Rand, like just feel bad for the guy. He's, he's reaching some low lows in this book. <laughs> so I guess we're, we're hoping that the Sam character will be revealed. <laughs> I think that's men. <laughs> I don't think Rand needs a Sam character as much as Frodo did. You think he, you think he can handle this himself? Well, I mean, no, his, he's lost his, his people, current but state. Just like, like, I think Rand has to do something himself here. He's going to have to step up somehow and make, make something happen. Right. You don't think, you don't think someone's going to say, I, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to make some application to the Sam saying, but I can carry you line, but I don't know how to make it. Apply I can't, I can't carry the ring for you, but I can carry you. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. Something about think, him being hard I mean, and soft and I don't know. <laughs> It's, I mean, at this point, everyone's going to be involved in the last battle. So everyone will be there. Grand will be alone, right? I mean, hopefully at, at this point, characters. Like, everyone's against each other still, at least the the larger nations. So hopefully they come together. Yeah, it wasn't Rand's plan to, you know, stop the bickering of the world, get them united under the banner of the light, and then all out charge against the Dark One? Such a simple yeah. task. How... I mean, the Shan Chan really threw a, a a wrench into all those plans. But other than that, I think even without that, he's. How do you think he's faring at that at his overall plan so far? Not great. Take a little miracle. I, he has like Elaine, who's got Andor, and he's got the Ilian, and he's, he's got, got Carrion, Tyr, and Ilian now. Yeah, but so does he, he really like, have them? I mean, he has like. Does he have them enough though, where they're not fighting against each other, right? Which is that's true. Yeah, what's necessary. So, does he need to have their super loyalty? No, but yeah, enough that they know what's going on. And that's honestly, I think, intentional on his part. You know, he doesn't really care about establishing some new government. He's just like, okay, stop fighting. Give me your warriors. We're gonna go fight. He had like back. There was a book where he created the school. Right. There was a time when he was like, hey. I do want to leave something behind. Yeah. And like his desperation has not come through. It shows, right? Where he's like, I'm not trying to leave something behind. I'm trying to survive. Yeah. Or have the world survive. How did you, how did you like his reaction to Loghain talking to him about Mazram time? I always felt like that was such, such a miss. Like, really? That's your reaction here? (laughs) Well, especially with what you find out about Mazram Taim later in the book, right? Like, yeah. At least what I think you find out about Mazram Taim later what? in the book. At the very end. Oh, at the very end. What did mm-hmm. you think you found out? Well, he said, <laughs> let the Lord of Chaos rule, right? And you're like... Where have I heard book. that before? Yeah, well, that's the, that's the problem, right? And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and I'm wrong. We can go back through many podcasts where I said Mazram Taim was just a greedy person who was just not connected to the Dark One, so... I think you're close. Yeah. I, I think he is just a greedy person and saw well, okay. As, and that has an opportunity, right? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I guess just as yeah. just as much as like, why does anyone serve sure. the dark one other than mm-hmm. other than Morden, really, who just right. completely nihilistic about everything? But I mean, still, yeah, right. Like all the Forsaken started as greedy people or right. jealousy. Greed, yeah. Yeah. Want to live a long time. Yeah. 
Slump hour. Yeah. yeah. So most, most, yeah, most who serve the dark one do. Just, I mean, yeah. wait and see on time. There's still, yeah. you still got uh, some, sure. some stuff to play out there. But yeah. I just thought it was, I mean, I get, I guess I get Rand's point was that I got too much on my plate. I can't, I can't do anything about that right now. Here, go talk to the Sean Chan for me. But like, you think he'd be like, oh, this is a big deal. I just had so many male channelers trained and they are potentially all being run by a dark friend now. Do you think he like wonders though, like, hey, well, they are, but maybe not all of them are dark friends. So even if I lose some of them, like I still, it's a net positive in the end if I get some to come fight for me or something. I don't know. Maybe the risk is big that they all go bad. And But I I mean, I think the logical conclusion is they're either going to go bad or be killed by the people running the school. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I feel like that was a miss on Rand's part. Wasn't able to see clearly the importance of it. He's he's literally not able to think clearly at this point. Yeah. All right. We only have, we are, we are low on time. We still have Elaine and Egwene to talk about. So start with elaine quickly because we can kind of we can do her part quickly <laughs> so the siege elaine. of yeah the siege picks up in earnest things start to unravel she gets captured she gets saved she wins it's yay another, another long another long plot line wrapped up right yeah, yeah that's true i think this is like a very memeable part of elaine's plot line just the whole idea of hey there was a viewing that I'm going to have twins. They're going to be healthy. So I don't really need to worry about anything because that means I'm going to be safe. Right. So I thought that was kind of a fun. Oh, <laughs> little, like like the, Anakin, the Anakin and Padme meme format. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, I feel like it's been like made, she's been made fun of for that, but it's also like, is she dumb or is she secretly a genius here where I mean, I think she does reap some consequences because people around her die, you yeah, know, yeah. but um, for herself, you know, it worked out. I mean, there's no guarantee that that move couldn't have lost her the battle, right? Like the, it, yeah. she incurs heavy losses getting rescued. Yeah, there are like 500 yeah. soldiers that died, right? Trying to plus yeah. the Aes Sedai that went with her. And also, not taking into account, maybe she would have been alive, but captured by like forever captured by dark friends and then mm-hmm. she gives birth to healthy babies that are then raised by dark friends you know sure. like yep. didn't yep. think yep. it all through definitely did not and 500 soldiers seems like a lot when the enemy's got a hundred thousand trollocs that they can just throw away and it's no yeah. big deal yeah i still can't get over that ridiculous amount of trollocs like are there even that many orcs spawned in mordor anyway it's like the battle of helm's deep but like a single cottage in the middle of nowhere yeah, but there's not a hundred thousand at Helm's Deep, are there? Tens of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it says in the actual text of the books how many there were. Tolkien would have been into that. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, it says in the the Will of Time, one of the latest teasers or trailers, the Shadowspawn tra- teaser. Uh, Moraine says millions of Trollocs and fades. Millions of fades too. One million fades. Well, millions yeah okay both together something like that yeah they're it's not very clear sure but yeah good for elaine finally getting andor i i think that was the part of the most exciting part of her trying to get andor and so 
also <laughs> wrapped up. So that's good. <laughs> the gateway maneuver at the end was kind of clever. Give her that. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I think it was cool how she was able to, how she was able to use the new position she was in being like locked outside the city basically to then, you know, route her enemies and take over that way, which is kind of unconventional. Mm-hmm. You think she would just, you know, win the siege, but instead she gets kicked out and seemed like a tavern move or Taviran move almost. Using gateways in unique ways, death gates and, and traveling around to smite blows on the backsides of enemies. Like that's, that's nice. Yeah. That's all. That's all we'll say on that. Uh, okay. Egwene. Egwene. I feel like Egwene had really cool part in this book. This is one of my favorite plot lines. Egwene captured in the tower. Yeah. Excellent plot line. What do you think, Kaden? I like it so far. I feel like she's really, it shows her becoming more of an Omerlin. Like, I can't remember. The, I might, this might be a extremely minor spoiler for something that happens in book 12, but um, like there's a part where Su- Suan in the dream is like, oh yeah, your like captivity has made you like look and behave even more like an Omerlin, right? Like, I feel like she's really grown into where before, mm-hmm. like she's had really good growth. I feel like through the other books, but like this even just, just adds a ton to her character growth. Um, I, I like it. I feel, yeah. I like how she's in control and really like, yeah. It feels like she's completely in control and, and knows what's going on here, which I like. It's cool how everything that she's gone through so far has like culminated in her being perfect for this experience here. Like the captivity with the Sean Chan, the training with the wise woman or wise ones, um, and then training with Swan even. Yeah, I just love the fact that they're like, we're going to have accepted teach you because you're a novice. And then they're like, wait, we can't have you do that because you're, you're too disruptive. And then she starts sowing dissension amongst the Aes Sedai because the tower is still so, you know, fractured there. I don't know. I think it's, it's so cool to see all these, we've seen a little bit of those factions within the tower that supported mm-hmm. Elida's rise, but didn't necessarily like her. And now you're seeing how that's playing out with Egwene. Well, and like in this book, you see how bad an Omerlin Elida is. Yeah, like, it's right. not just that she's some rival who is a good Omerlin, but happened to oppose, you know, Egwene. But like, she is not a good Omerlin at all, right? Like, everything's going on. Apart. Yeah, I feel like her character got kind of got nerfed. Like, she started just yeah. being stern and kind of spiteful, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, you're like an Umbridge character, which you weren't really <laughs> in the beginning. My head canon is maybe that. Uh, what is it? What's her name? The keeper, Olivia. Uh, Alviarin is like Alviarin has rubber compulsion or something. Yeah, maybe she's doing something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the character just kind of got nerfed a little bit. That's fair. I, yeah, I could see that. Robert Jordan's got a lot of characters to juggle. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going to move on from Egwene, I think the next thing kind of connected is I, again, I like the different factions you see from the tower still working, even though it's in such a dire situation. We see the Red Aja meet up with people of the Black Tower and want to bond Ashaman. I think it's so cool. Like both towers are in such disarray and terrible places, but then you have these like people completely, not completely oblivious to it, but seemingly, you know, like just doing their own thing, like nothing's wrong, like nothing's bad back at home, basically. What could go wrong? What could go wrong <laughs> next? Egwene's had her vision, right? She. And she's trying to her warn dream. people her dream. About yeah. the Sanchez? Yeah. Is yeah. that this book? She, and no one is 
yes, that is this book. I think, yeah, I think everyone kind of knows about, like, Elida mentions it or something, but everyone's like, no, that's not, like, Sean Chan are way far away. That's not what's going to happen. Doesn't Elida be like, well, she can dream, but I can foretell, so I haven't seen anything happening. <laughs> well, I don't even think Elida's like, she's not a dreamer. That's, you know, she just, like, oh, dismisses right, it, yeah. right? Like, yeah, she's just making stuff up to... Yeah, which honestly is probably a good move for her. Like, she can't let people believe this. Mm-hmm. She probably she she shouldn't have kept Egwene alive. Like, she should have just kind of done away with her. Yeah, uh, I think those she- viewings. Sorry, go go back. Uh, Jake, go ahead, Jake. I was just gonna say, I feel like just the it's like how do you deal with a political opponent if you just do away with them? That can kind of be a, a sign of weakness that you're afraid of them. Whereas I think she thinks, oh, I'll just make her a novice, and then she'll be like ignored and put in her place but what were you saying about the viewings back in like book two min has all those viewings of like a battle at the tower but also like of a bunch of ice and i with collars around their necks right i'm pretty sure at mm-hmm. some point she walks around and sees how a bunch of uh, different ice and i are gonna die and be captured and stuff yeah so like and then some of that like when swan's disp- deposed like there's some people yeah. that die but the, that doesn't explain the collars either right so something's coming yeah okay it is time to do our top and bottom three this is uh this is always an entertaining part of the wheel of time episodes as we try to uh come up with interesting ways to argue for characters performing poorly um, or 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 well in just this book only so top three bottom three only in Knife of Dreams. Are we starting with the top? Who wants to go first? We'll do we'll do top three. We'll go around and do top three for everyone. I'll do top three first this time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say Egwene. Awesome job on her part. She really shines in her role, totally flips, like kind of subverts um everyone's expectations with what she's going there. And you can tell even the Aes Sedai who are supposed to be like teaching her and chastising her are like man, you got some really good points, but you're just a novice, you know? And then I would say Matt, I think it was all cool. Like his relationship with Tuan worked out really well, getting back together with the band, good setup for what's to come next for him. He's got his new quest, you know, with the letter and then uh, making the the dragons. Um, But number one has got to be, we didn't even mention him yet, but loyal. Loyal gets married. He's been talking about this girl since book two. She has really nice ears. Oh, yeah. It's all about the ears. The classic Jake comment. Putting <laughs> Loyal in the top three. <laughs> he just, you know, we're talking about everyone's plot lines wrapping up. I feel like this is another plot line that we've been anxiously waiting on. And it has resolved here. And then he calls the Ent Moots and the Ents are going to war, right? The Ents are going to war. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about similarities. Yeah. Caden. You want me to go? Yeah, I want you to go. Because I I don't know who I'm taking. (laughs) That's saying actually. Um, I'll throw, let's see. Look at my list here. I I usually come prepared. Um, I would, I'd put in Perrin in this one because he finally achieves his his goal of getting Fael back. And his plan works great. And it's, I feel like Perrin's not had a lot of wins in the last couple books. Yeah. Yeah. He does need a win. So I put parent at number uh, three. Jake, did you have something you wanted to add to your list? I just realized we didn't talk about, I was looking at my notes. We didn't talk about 
Gallet at all and his duel with the White Clubs. Well, maybe he will so appear cool. in a top three. Maybe he will. I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> I'll leave it for, for Steven. Although, just yeah, I'll come back. <laughs> I like Brigitta for two because her whole job is protecting Elaine and she does that really well uh, when she's captured. She jumps in, saves her and gets the, uh, and I think her big moment is when she gets the um, sea folk to jump in and channel and, and help help save her, which the sea folk are hard to get to do anything. So I'll, I'll throw her in my top two because we haven't mentioned her either. Mm-hmm. And Brigitte has a sad time in a lot of the books too, so she needs a win too. Turns out the top and bottom three are really excuses for us to wrap up any loose ends that we haven't covered <laughs> yet in the podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll go with Matt for number one because I love Matt. He, I love the Red Band and they kick butt getting out of uh, his Epudar or whatever the country is that they're running from. All right. Funny story with Matt. Um, my wife saw a meme that said, mentioned him being the Prince of Ravens and she was like, oh no, he's going to be a dark friend, huh? And she like hates him right now, which is so funny because she's like, why am I even reading him? He's just going to be a dark friend later. You're just letting her believe it? I can't say anything. He has the dagger right now, right? He could totally go back. No, he just lost the dagger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are my top three. Probably not. (laughs) Would have been an interesting twist if one of them actually did, if Matt actually did become a dark friend. Or will he? Robert Jordan the style. series is an overreaction. No, that's not Robert Jordan style. Yeah, it's not. It's not. That would totally betray the trust of the author to do that at this juncture. Yeah. All right. I'll go number three. I will do. Uh, I'll do Gallet because we haven't mentioned him, and because I'm wearing white, and because we got a first kind of real look at the white cloaks in that same video that I mentioned earlier, where we got our first look at Tom. Was that our first look? That maybe that wasn't our first look at the white cloaks. It seemed to be like the the best look we've had so far. I think it was the first video look of them. Okay, that's what. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Gallad's finally found a purpose. The dude was really hot, but he didn't really know what he was doing for a while, and so he's finally now found something to do. He's going to be Lord Captain Commander. So good for him. I really <laughs> love his plotline. I guess Gowan is still trying to find something to do. Poor guy, Gowan. Yeah, he, he's had a rough go of things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> a shame. Yeah, tough. We're, we're we're terrible. I mean, we feel terribly about Gowan. Okay, uh, number two, you guys took all the. There were a lot of characters who did well. I don't think I can do Egwene yet because she gets started, but you know she's still kind of like in the middle of whatever she's trying to do. So we'll we'll see how she does. We'll, we'll go Elaine just because she always gets derided in our top three and bottom three, and she does have a win. It wasn't perfect, but she did well. And I'll throw Perrin on as well. Same reason. I guess I'm just kind of throwing some, some pity points to some characters who need it in my top three. All right, bottom. Jig, start us off. Um, bottom three, I'm going to start with Rand. Yeah. Not a yeah. good book for him. Bamboozled by Simiraj loses a hand finds out he's just he's just crazy it's not not going well for him loses control you know then i would go i'm having a hard time finding a third on here oh no no i got him uh, i'll go um aram i just because he dies he, he dies well, so he's in the bottom it, <laughs> it's like it's just kind of pathetic like what his whole storyline you know yeah 
just like, I don't know. He's just so easily defeated. Like he's not even really a threat. Right. Um, and it's just pointless too. Um, and then number one would be Elida for, for all the reasons we've mentioned, not, not keeping it together, potentially influenced externally. And that's why, I mean, I know there was a point where Alviarin was like, you're going to do, you're going to implement all these things that I'm going to tell you to do, which I think was to cause chaos and and, um, more factions in the tower. But also a lot of it, I think it's just herself. Right. My bottom three, I want to go a little step further on Jake's number three and go Masima actually as my number three. Um, Because I I think even higher, his whole storyline is really pathetic and all his followers get pretty much wiped out and he doesn't even kill Perrin, which is like his one goal, it feels like. Uh, number two, Galena. I think I already said, but she just, things do not work out for her. And I like it a lot, but she did too good. <laughs> uh, and then number one, like maybe I'm all on the same thing here, but Savannah also, like. So the Perrin, the Perrin loser plot line. <laughs> <laughs> do I need to pick another one? Let's see. Do I go to. Um, Maybe I should put Galena and Savannah in one together. And the dark friends in that get captured after they kidnap Egwene will be my number. My number. Maybe that's maybe they're not actually my number one, but they're in my bottom three. Or they didn't make it very far. And there's like six of them. So they're all there there somewhere. Yeah. We're poor showing though. Like they've been just lurking around and like didn't get very far at all. Yeah. Really hope the show does a better job of hyping up some of these seemingly bumbling villains i'll go yeah rand rand certainly makes it in maybe rand slash cad swain although cad swain does she is the reason why rand survives this whole thing because she's able to make the the simmerages like disguise shimmer flicker long enough for rand to realize that she's actually because of her hair stuff she's also like keeping Rand in line when he's going to say and do stupid stuff. She's like smacking him around and at least keeping him from completely. Uh, so she's, she's preventing she's... complete disaster. Okay. Yeah. Is she doing great? No. Yeah. It's a C maybe a D. Yeah. yeah. Rand's an F. And so he goes to the bottom three, of course. Mm, he, there weren't a lot, of, honestly, a lot of characters did really well in this book. So the bottom three is difficult and yeah. you guys already took the obscure ones. Maybe I'm gonna throw the 100,000 Trollocs into the bottom <laughs> three. Like each one individually goes in the bottom three. Like 100, I still just cannot. This this number, this number boggles my mind. Like 100,000 all dead. That's like more than most football stadiums can fit in, and they're all going after a single guy, and they cannot get the job done. Like. Yeah, I'm having a hard time understanding that. Maybe the number was inflated somehow. Anyway, that's my bottom three. 100,000 Trollocs and Rand. <laughs> <laughs> that adds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100,001 in the bottom three. All right. Yeah. That's a wrap for our Knife of Dreams review. Caden is hard at work reading The Gathering Gather Storm. Storm. The Gathering Storm. And Jake is hard at work growing his Matthew Mercer look for Halloween. <laughs> Watch on YouTube if you want to see what he looks like. And if you watch on YouTube, leave us a comment. Because if you do, you will be entered into our drawing for winners in our 1,000 subs on YouTube competition. Not competition, giveaway. 
because we did in fact get to 1000 subs on YouTube, which is very exciting. Something that uh, we've been doing for trying to get to for our two year existence. So two years, 1000, really, you know, it's a really nice trajectory towards uh, quitting our jobs and being YouTubers. So check, check all of those things out. All right. I'll stop making fun of Phantology. <laughs> Check out uh, Sandersonology for Caden's takes on Sanderson books <laughs> or Brandology. I like Brandology better. Brandology. Is it Brandology? I was going with like trying to go for like trilogy. And oh, Brandology. Brandology. Brand, is it Brandology? Is what I was probably trying to say. No, no, no Brando. Because people call him Brando Sando, so you go, you go Brando, Brandology, Brandology. All right. Let See us you know, next time. Let us know in your comment. <laughs> let us know in your comment what the name of Caden's podcast should be. And we'll, well, yeah, we'll see you next time. We got to stop now. <laughs> <laughs>